This evening we will be looking at Proverbs chapter 14. As we've seen before, the entire middle section of the book of Proverbs at times seems to be pithy sayings strung in together, sometimes not even in any seeming order. What I would like to do is, as we look at Proverbs 14 this evening, is to see a principle that comes from this chapter, and that is the importance of living in wisdom, of using wisdom for life. So if you would please give attention to the reading of God's holy word. The word of the Lord is completely inerrant. The word of the Lord is completely sufficient. And the word of the Lord is completely authoritative. Proverbs chapter 14. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where there is no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. The heart knows its bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and the good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow down before the good, the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner. But blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Do not they go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. In all toil there is profit. But mere talk tends only to poverty. 
The crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. In a multitude of people is the glory of a king, but without people a prince is ruined. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. The tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. The wicked is overthrown through his evil doing, but the righteous finds refuge in his death. Wisdom rests at the heart of a man of understanding, but it makes itself known even in the midst of fools. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. A servant who deals wisely to the king's favor, but his wrath falls on one who acts shamefully. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's pray for his blessing upon it. Let's pray. O Heavenly Father, we ask, O Lord, this evening that you would teach us from your word, that you would remind us, Lord, that your word contains great wisdom, wisdom about everyday living and wisdom about our eternal destiny. Teach us, O Lord. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Everyday life is difficult, isn't it? We're faced with so many different choices, so many different scenarios, and it seems that life moves along at a breakneck pace. There are no shortage of advisors to us in the public sphere. It seems that every judge, politician, professor, even business person, is quick to give us advice not only in their sphere, but in how we should live life, what things are important. To where do we turn? Well, for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the place to turn is God's Word. Because God's Word is filled with wisdom. The Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, is synonymous with wisdom. There are Golden nuggets, as it were, strewn throughout the entire book. You could look, it seems, at random and find good advice that you could put into practice for many, many years. Proverbs chapter 14 contains many of these nuggets. It is an opportunity to look at them and to find the string that ties them together. To see the principles that God would give to us in living life with wisdom. And so this evening, I'd like us to look briefly at two things. First, the practical from this chapter, that is the principles for everyday living that God gives to us. And then secondly, 
the larger picture. The blessings that we get from knowing the Lord. For wisdom is not merely something academic. It is something that has practical benefit and points us to the Lord Himself. Let's begin then by looking at the principles for everyday living that the Lord gives to us in this chapter. The beginning of this chapter is very important. Verse 2 is a critical verse. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. And the principle that I think is behind this is that you live what you believe. That is, what you think in your head and in your heart comes out in your life. Now, often we think that life starts with what we do. That as we sort of randomly work our way through experiences and through opportunities, that as we do things, that molds us, that gives us sort of a life philosophy based on our experience. But in the Scriptures, it's otherwise. That our experiences are shaped and settled by our character. The reality is, is that who we are fundamentally determines what we do. Now, not in a fatalistic way, not that we are bound to do certain things by the stars, as some of the ancients believed, but rather that it is our character that determines our actions. And this should not surprise us, because who we are comes out in our actions. We see this First, in verse 3, By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. What we speak comes from our hearts. The character that we have, what we believe is right and good and just and true, that is what will come out of our mouths. Isn't that true? What we believe and believe strongly influences not only what we say, but how we say it to others. What we are fervent about. What we are passionate about. What we are more reluctant of. What we believe influences our speech. It also influences the success that we have in life. Now again, we would think, Oftentimes it would be the reverse, that as we do things and we find ourselves becoming successful, that will influence what we do and how we do things. But the Bible says it's in reverse order, that our success comes from what we believe. Look at verse 1. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. What this means is that those who are wise, who follow the Lord, who understand truth and understand what is right and what is wrong, will have success. Now, that doesn't mean that if you follow the commands of the Bible, your retirement portfolio will swell. I don't mean that form of success. We're talking here specifically about building a house, which is a life relationships, community that we have to others. And if we live according to wisdom, that will flourish. 
But folly, with his own hands, tears it down. We don't have to go any further than the headlines to see the truth of this, do we? We see all the time people who are having an opportunity to be wildly successful, throwing it all away on stupidity. We see this in our athletes. We see this in entertainers. We see it in politicians all of the time. We wonder, how could you possibly throw away everything you built? How could you destroy in a moment what took decades to build? But you see, it relates to our character. Who we are determines what we say and our success. And it is our actions that come from our beliefs. Those who walk in uprightness are those who fear the Lord. But those who despise the Lord are those who are devious in their ways. Those who despise the Lord only look out for themselves. They're not afraid to hurt others. They have no integrity because of who they are. Their actions can be seen. And the reverse is also true, that those who fear the Lord walk in integrity. They want to do the right thing, and they do so in spite of the consequences. (coughs) And so if you would have speech that builds up, if you would have success in your life and relationships, if you would like to be a person of integrity, then you must begin with deep-seated beliefs in following the Lord. The second principle of everyday living that we see is that life requires unpleasantness. Now, this is something that we very much need in our day and age in America. I think perhaps the only person that I possibly have seen in the public eye who tells things like they are and doesn't sugarcoat everything is this gentleman who used to be on one cable channel. I I forget the channel, but... It was his show called Dirty Jobs. And he would take on all of these miserable, smelly, dirty jobs. But they were often jobs that brought great wealth and success and business and opportunity. You see, he was not afraid to show that life is not a trip down gumdrop lane. That we have to work hard, that there is unpleasantness that goes along with success. That success doesn't mean everything is easy. That oftentimes it requires hard work. Now, if you think that the Dirty Jobs show is vivid, it's only getting its lesson from the Bible. Look at verse 4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Anyone who's ever had to clean up after an animal likes that line. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. You see, life can be unpleasant. And that's good. It's good to work hard. It's good to have difficulty at times. It reminds us that we don't live in a perfect world, that we're not in control, that we long for a better place. Life requires... Mess sometimes. Not just economically, but spiritually as well. You see, growing spiritually is not all calm 
and perfectly memorized Bible verses. Sometimes growing spiritually means conflict, crisis, mess, opportunities to grow in Jesus. We need to seize those opportunities. It's hard to say, but sometimes the greatest thing we need for spiritual growth is physical impairment and pain. It causes us to rely upon the Lord. Now, we would not wish that upon anyone else, but when it comes to us, do we seize it with both hands and seek to grow in the Lord? The third principle that we see here in Proverbs 14 is that to live in wisdom is to acknowledge our sin and to seek forgiveness. Look with me at verse 9. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. You see, the fool has given up on the concept of sin. And isn't that where our society is right now? We've even moved past calling everything a disease. Now we simply only acknowledge things in the vaguest of terms. Have you ever watched someone's public, pathetic attempt at an apology? It says something like this. You know, mistakes were made. I think I need to learn from that. This is an opportunity for all of us to grow. And then I think, I didn't rob that old folks home. I didn't abuse that person. I didn't steal and lie. How do I grow from this? And what exactly were the mistakes that were made? Do you notice even in the passive sense No responsibility at all. This is where our society is going. The fool mocks the guilt offering. He doesn't need atonement for sin because sin is so passe. It's so 1950s. Why would anyone possibly need atonement? Why would anyone possibly need Jesus? There's nothing wrong. You see, that's where our society is today. But it's not what the scripture says is true. The upright enjoy acceptance. And what that means is those who are upright, those who would not be a fool, must acknowledge that they are sinners. That we are sinners who break the law of God. Who do so not just accidentally, but on purpose. Because we want to. But we must recognize as well that there is forgiveness that can be found for that sin. There is atonement that has been made. And we should seek that forgiveness. Owning up to one's mistakes is the beginning. Seeking forgiveness from those whom we have wronged and from God himself is the way of wisdom. There's a fourth thing that is given to us in Proverbs 14, a fourth principle of living in wisdom. And that is that we should know what we don't know. Have you ever come across someone that doesn't know that? They don't know what they don't know. They think they know everything. They think they're completely 
in charge. They think that everything is under their control. Now, we all think we know better. Young people, you don't. I know you think you do, but you don't. But you see, the problem is it's not just for us to look at our young people and our teens. That problem doesn't stop there. We grow up and we just think we know better about other things. It's something that is not age-driven. It's something built up in our hearts. We don't want to give that much thought to life. We just want to assume everything will work out. Look at verse 15. The simple believes everything. And in verse 16, the second half, a fool is reckless and careless. We just expect things to work out. We expect things to be covered by others. And this is where I think it does appear most often in our youth. I remember in my own life, I had a situation in which I was involved in a very small, minor fender bender in my university parking lot. And I wasn't sure what to do about it. So I did what every young person who knows everything about everything does. I called my dad. And I said, Dad, what do I do? And he patiently walked me through, you have to call the insurance company. You have to see if you can find this person. You have to leave a note. He walked me through all of the things that I should have been able to walk through. But you see, I just assumed Dad would handle it. And then there comes that point in time in which you grow up and you realize that you are Dad. And dad won't handle it for you. And that can be eye-awakening. You see, the sooner we realize that we don't know everything, the safer we are. The prudent, verse 15 also says, gives thought to his steps. The wise are cautious. They're cautious about the danger that is out there in the world. They're cautious even about their own hearts. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. The more wise we are, the more afraid of sin and our own hearts we are. We know we don't know the depth of our own depravity. We know we don't know the lengths to which we will go to sin. These are principles that help us to live in wisdom. The second major thing that we see here in this chapter is a recounting of the blessings that come to us from knowing the Lord. We get not only wisdom and principles to live by, we actually have blessings to our character from knowing the Lord. The first we see in verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that may turn one away from the snares of death. As we know the Lord, we get true and real confidence. 
Not a false confidence that causes us to think we know everything, but a confidence from knowing that God is in control. That even though we are not know-it-alls, God is, literally. He knows everything. He's in control of everything. And so we can be confident, not only for ourselves, but also for our children. How many of you, especially those of you who have not only children but grandchildren, have lain awake at night, worried about the future of this country and this world for your descendants? Worried about what you can do to change Congress, to change society, to prepare your children for the onslaught to come. Proverbs gives you blessing and wisdom. You can have strong confidence, not because the world is going to be perfect, not because things are going to turn around, but you can have strong confidence because of the Lord. There's another blessing that comes to us. We see that in verses 29 and 30. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. There is a sense of not only confidence, but control that comes to us as we know the Lord. Understanding that God is in control, that He is sovereign, brings patience to us. It brings a perspective on the world. We do not fret. We're slow to anger. We're not hasty. We're tranquil in the light of difficulty. It brings hope and life to us. Whereas if we do not know the Lord, we live lives of folly and anger and envy. We live lives of misery, hopelessness. Knowing the Lord brings confidence, but it also brings control to our lives. A third blessing is that of community. Look in verse 31. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. You see, knowing the Lord gives us not only a perspective on the world in general, it gives us a perspective on others. We know our place in the universe, and we know others' place as well. For you see, God is not only the creator of us, He is the creator of others around us. We see the value of people by knowing the value of God. And our true selves come out. Wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding. Knowing the Lord gives us perspective not only on ourselves and our actions and our emotions, but on the community around us. Fourthly and lastly, there is a blessing that comes from knowing the Lord, a blessing in citizenship as well. Look at verse 34. Righteousness righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. To any people. Now, this is more than a bumper sticker maxim to get you to vote right. 
this is a reminder that we do not live in a vacuum by ourselves. And that sin is not only destructive to us individually, it is destructive to the community. It is destructive to the country. Whereas righteousness, following the Lord and His purposeness, His purposes, exalts not only the worth of the individual, but the community and the nation as well. Because the world is an orderly place. The Lord Himself has established it. But most importantly, because God honors the honoring of His Word. The Lord has given to us His Word because it is true and right and just. And so as we seek His rightness, His worth, His glory, then it should not surprise us We are also the beneficiaries of this. It's difficult to live life in a world that is so complex and moves so fast. But in a very real sense, the world today is exactly like it was thousands of years ago in a slower age. We're faced with a choice. We follow the Lord and His wisdom or follow ourselves and our own folly. As you go throughout the many tasks and circumstances that the Lord has placed in your path this week, remember to lean upon first principles, to lean upon the truth of God's Word. There you will find hope and life. Let's pray.